Welcome, folks, to episode 3378 of the Survival Podcast. If you were kind of in the waiting room or whatever they call it in YouTube land and you saw, like, it was 15 minutes to go and then we started and you're like, what's up with that? Uh, I say this once in a while, probably not enough. I always schedule my live streams about 15 minutes past when I plan to start. The way you can find out the next upcoming live stream, when it's going to start, all the different places you can go view it, etc., is go to tspclive.com. I put that 15 minutes in there as a buffer in case something goes wrong because I do, even though I don't use Facebook, I do stream to Facebook. And if you are more than 10 minutes late starting, Facebook deletes the stream. So this puts the buffer in, so that's why that happens. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, if you uh, looked at the title when you came in here, The Intentional Destruction of modern society, and right here on the thumbnail for this video and for the podcast uh, write-up, the picture of Joe Biden on the roof of the White House playing the fiddle while Washington burns. I used this a while ago in uh, another episode, and when I was thinking about today's episode, I'm like, that's a really powerful image, and I want to use it again. And when I go into the main topic today, I'm going to lead off with a bunch of things that Biden has recently said. I want you to understand something about today's show, right? I want you to understand something about today's show. Today's show is not political. And uh, Builder of Castles, I'm not six minutes early. My time right here says 12.01 p.m. 12 Central Standard Time is when we start our, our uh, podcast. I'm looking at it over here on the other screen right there. It says the same thing. So maybe need a new clock. Anyway, this is not political. This is not Joe Biden sucks. I'm going to go through a list of things that Biden has said across time and a lot of things that he said recently that show that this man is mentally impaired and or a liar. And I think it's pretty much both because some of the stuff that he said that were complete fabrications and lies go all the way back to the 80s. But it's not about him. It's about you. You. And when I say you, I don't mean you as the individual. Probably not most of the people tuning in today. I don't mean you personally. When I say you, I mean the American people as a whole. And I'm coming at that from this standpoint. I'm tired of, like, sheltering people from the reality of we and us. If uh, when you talk about your favorite sports team, if you use the term we or us when you talk about your, your, your football team or your basketball team, and then you want to not use the term we or us when you talk about America, I think you're missing the point. So when I bring up all this stuff about Biden, what I'm going to show you is how, even though it's all – Absolutely true. Even though anybody paying even 1% attention should be aware of at least some of this, even though it's being put now on, on sites like CNN and MSNBC, which are really nothing but tabloids for the Democrat Party. By the way, Fox News is kind of a tabloid for the Republican Party, so I'm not picking sides here. Biden is still either going to win against whoever the Republicans nominate right now looks like it'll be Trump or barely lose. So when I cover all that, this is not political. This is a statement about the mindset of the American people and how effed we are. Anyway, before we dig into that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsors of the day. Sponsor today, number one today is JM Bullion. When we get done today, you're like, oh, we're in deep shit. Well, we need a way to preserve wealth. 
And there's two primary ways that I've recommended that you store monetary energy over the last 10, 15 years. And that is silver and or gold, so precious metals, and Bitcoin. We'll leave Bitcoin out today. Silver is a great way to store monetary energy in small volume amounts, gold in large volume amounts. So what I mean by that is an ounce of gold is thousands of well, 1,500, 1,300, whatever gold is today, right? But it's a significant amount of money. Or an ounce of silver is 20 odd bucks. And so I believe in storing both. One, you can move a lot of wealth at a small amount, but two, you can exchange a small amount of wealth in a relatively small amount. So I think there's a place for both of them. I've always recommended 5 to 10% of your net wealth in silver and or gold. I still do, and I really recommend 5. I kind of do the 10% for those that want to put more investment there. That's kind of my cap. I think when you go beyond that, there's other things you could be doing with your money that make more sense. But why JM Bullion? Well, they've sponsored the show for 11 years. They give a discount to MSB members. All orders over 200 bucks shift free. Ship free, not shift free. I guess shift is what shipping is. Uh, and they're just a great company where I can talk directly to the president of the company if there's ever a problem. I haven't had to do that in a very, very long time, by the way. But the fact that I can means everything to me. I was approached over the years by the three largest silver and gold houses in the country. Lear Capital being one of them, Amex being another one, Monex being another one. Those three, all three of them have asked to be here. And my question to them was always, can I, you know, can I talk to your president, your CEO, somebody at least at a director level or something like that? No? Okay, go by. Then we're not talking to each other because if I can't talk to the person that can fix shit, I don't deal with the company. This is a great reason to deal with JM Bullion. And, again, this should be part of your what I call your wealth assurance program. Next up today, not often I get to do this. I'm introducing a new sponsor for you guys today. Uh, Joel Riles with K9 Academy and uh, Fortress K9 has been on the show many times. And we've talked about doing something together for a very long time. And due to legal liability issues, I do not want to be selling dogs. I just don't. That's just not what I want to do. Uh, talking to my attorney is agreed. As a business stance, this is probably not a good idea for me because if somebody gets bit, whatever, right? So I talked to Joel about Canine Academy last year. I actually did some consulting for him. That's also something very rare. So it tells you what I think of Joel. And I said, you know, if you built this the right way, then we could work with this because I'm all about people learning how to train their dogs. He's completely revamped the site. He has built an incredible training program. And I invite you to check it out today. If you do business with Joel, I highly recommend or highly ask I should say that you go through my links. There's a link in the video notes below, of course. There'll be a link, a uh, banner on the website. There'll be a link in today's show notes as well. Because I have a unique agreement with Joel. I don't generally do this. But to make sure that I'm not in a position where I'm taking money out of his pocket, I don't know how well this will go over for him. So I wanted to be equitable. And I am on a straight affiliate relationship with Joel. So I only get paid for the business I refer. But what a great program. You can get the... Uh, four core basics program, one-time payment, 89 bucks. There's a $20 month program, which continues to build on that. If you want to do that right out of the gate, it's up to you. He has other options. He's an incredible guy. He's a really amazing dog trainer. I own one of his dogs, Belle, my mouse shepherd cross. She's a wonderful dog, huge, huge high energy, but he's been a tremendous help. And you guys know me. I am a heck of a dog trainer. I'm a dog person. Uh, I just have kind of that way with dogs. Joel takes it to a complete other level, and he's now made it scalable 
where he can help you learn how to do this for yourself. And uh, so definitely check out K9 Academy. And again, if you could use my links, I would really appreciate that. All right. So, uh, and Gma Merkel says it's not the dog that needs trained, it's the human. To a large degree, that's correct. Because if the human is not properly trained, then they can't properly train the dog. So it's really both, but it starts with the person. Anyway, let's get on into this. Let me remind you guys. If you want to ask me a question, there is a way to do that. I have a banner scrolling across the screen. This is for the live uh, live audience here in live chat. Put the word question in all caps before you do, and uh, and then give me your question. And that way I'll see it, hopefully, with my one decent eyeball because I have a blind eye. Remember, please smash that like, share this show, hit the little bell to get notified when I'm doing uh, episodes and I put videos up. Uh, because that really helps me to reach more people, and the more people I can reach, the more we can do as a community. As you're about to hear, we have a lot of work to do as a community from a standpoint of preparedness. And I'm going to start off again with awareness. Again, I'm going to be very hard on Joe Biden right now, or as I call him, Brandon. And I'm not doing that really to attack Joe Biden, or even the Biden administration, or even the government, though I'm happy to kick the government. I want to paint a picture for you how mentally screwed up society is. So Joe Biden over the past few years has made some claims about himself. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that Joe Biden basically claims he's black. He was raised by the black community. He was raised by the Jewish community. He was raised by the Puerto Rican community and he's a practicing Roman Catholic all at the same time. Yeah, it's not an exaggeration to say that now. Again, this is not a personal attack here. This is not a personal attack. What you're seeing in Biden, I think, is he does have a predisposition to exaggerate and lie about himself. Back in the 80s, for instance, he claimed that he graduated first in his law class. He actually graduated last in his law class. And and this is a stupid lie because he's a a very prominent politician by the 1980s, a senior senator, senator. a candidate for president, you know you're going to be scrutinized. And back then, you actually got scrutinized, Democrat or Republican, by the press. You know that this is public, and you say it anyway. So I think he has a predisposition, but we all know people like this, right? This is Grandpa Simpson. Right? It's, 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 I'm not making it personal. We don't hate Grandpa Simpson, but we all know the person, the older person, that starts to lose a little bit of cognitive function, they want to be important as though being president is not important enough. And anything you say, oh, I remember when I was here or I was there, and everything that they talk about, they have a personal vesting in. Because, and this is, in, I'm not a doctor, but th- to me this is indicative of signs of Alzheimer's. When my father-in-law was at an elder care facility because we had to do something, we had reached an advanced state. And we found the best place we could. And this place was called Silverado. It was bought out, so I don't know if it's still as good as it was. But I told my wife, if I ever end up like this and you got to put me somewhere, put me in this place. And we would spend a lot of time there visiting him, and we would talk to you know a lot of the other people, try to give something back to our elders. And we would listen to the way they would take ownership of the place. And I remember listening to this one lady, and she was talking about how they built the whole facility and they put this room in and this whole wing in back in the 80s and stuff. Like, this is something we've all seen 
in our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, what have you, our older uncles and stuff, it's very sad, but we've seen this. And when you have an old person that starts to act this way, you don't hate them, but they probably shouldn't be running your country. They probably shouldn't be running your country. And it's not funny. I joke about it, too. Builder of Castles right here says he was raised by Corn Pop. Yeah, I, I, I get it. But there's the surface level that's humor. And if you're you know, prior military or something, you get the dark humor part of it or whatever. But in the end, isn't it sad? By the time somebody's in this state, shouldn't they be enjoying whatever's left of their cognitive function before it's completely gone? The next thing is... We all saw the, more than one video, but specifically one video where the guy was shaking hands with nobody. He got done at the podium. He's turned around and he's there's nobody there. There's nobody there. Now, he's the president of the United States. This guy is on the top medical care, probably experimental medication. I'm speculating there, but he's getting boosted. He's probably getting daily drips of vitamin B12 or whatever they can do to help this guy. Right. And again, I, you know, I'm all for people getting whatever care is available. Now, I wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. But OK, fine. You know, if he wasn't president, at least he he's wealthy as shit from money that's been extorted from around the world. I'm sorry, but I believe that's true. So he would still be getting the most advanced care possible, just like a celebrity would or something like that. But when what this makes me think of. After we put my my father in law into this facility. We still would bring him to our house. Like, we'd go pick him up. People think you put him in there and they can't get out or whatever. There's still people, right? So we brought him at Thanksgiving one year. And my wife is driving him to our house after picking him up. And she said she almost thought she was the one losing it because he started having a telephone conversation I won't go into. But he was having a phone conversation, holding a phone that wasn't there and telling her, we need to go back to my house because something's going on. This is the police chief from Mansfield calling. Now, he wasn't that far out there with the handshake thing, but this is the same phenomenon. He also, I want to play this for you. This is him very recently. And uh, I think this was in Vietnam at the recent conference there. And this is Joe Biden, the president of the United States, rambling on aimlessly. But the most disturbing thing in this to me, because I believe this is true. I believe this is true when he says this. He's following his orders. And uh, let's see. Let's follow my orders here. Uh, <laughs> staff, if anybody hasn't spoken. I said that five questions. I made it. Be away. All right, guys. Now, to me, this is actually hard to listen to. Here's the leader of the free world. And uh, standing at a podium in front of the world, I'm only following orders. And clearly having no idea really what he's supposed to say or supposed to be doing, but having enough cognitive function. No, I'm not taking questions from you people because they told me not to, to only take the questions that are pre-approved. Still holding on a bit. And Prepper Bookhead said Biden is a prop. I agree to a, to a point. 
but you may have missed my intro prepper. Hold tight. This is not about Biden. This is not even about the Democrat Party. This is about the American people. And it's become real clear. <laughs> and you'll get the pun when I say real clear when we get to the end of this part of the segment. Right. So that's that's the president of the United States saying, you know, I, I'm only following orders. He's also multiple times at press conferences. And again, I believe that you can be massively impaired and still at times be functional. Um, I don't remember the name of the documentary. I think it was called I Won't Remember You, or that's the song anyway. But it's a documentary about Glenn Campbell in his final years with Alzheimer's. And right up until the very end, this guy was still playing concert dates. And he could still play the guitar like only he can play the guitar. I mean, it was amazing that a person had that much memory. So I think when Joe Biden says something like, I'm only following orders, he's being honest with what's coming to the surface. That's the mental fog that he's in. That's the mental fog that he's in. He's also said things like, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, he will take a question or two and he'll go, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. You're the president of the fucking United States. You're going to get in trouble? For taking a question from a reporter? And again, if you missed my intro segment coming into the live, this is not political. This is not even about Biden. You're going to have to trust me here. We're, we're going to keep going. Here's another thing that this man just did. He told people, now, I want to tell you something. This is not the first time. When I was trying to find the video that I'm about to play for you, it's only about 25 seconds long. It was very difficult. Now, last week, this little video snippet that I'm about to show you was everywhere. It was everywhere. Now there's articles about it, but the video was almost impossible to find. I found an obscure write-up on MSN.com, of all places, that included the embedded video that I'm about to show you that the RNC put on Twitter. Otherwise, this has been memory hold. This is the president of the United States. While we have, we're on the verge of a hot war with fucking Russia over Ukraine, which most people could not find on a map of Europe if it wasn't labeled. And they're fighting over a little strip of land while the American idiot believes they're fighting over the whole country. In a place that we have no real interest in getting involved with. And we're on the edge of a hot fucking war with the nuclear power. And this is what he has to say. Listen to this shit. And guess what? In addition to helping the environment overall, and the only existential threat humanity faces, even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. And we're in real trouble. There's no way back from that. And guess what? In addition to helping the environment overall. All right, it started to replay there on me a little bit. You get that. It would be one thing to say this while we were at a time of peace, while we weren't poking the Russian bear and the Chinese panda at the same time. It would be one thing. It would still be ludicrous. You're in a situation where you keep telling Putin, you better not use nuclear weapons, and we have nuclear weapons, and his response is, I got them too. And you keep making it like he's the one aggressing at nuclear war. And you have the president of the fucking United States 
stand up on a stage in front of the world. And again, every time the president of the United States stands up on a stage and gives a speech or talks, it's in front of the whole world. Most of you couldn't tell me who the prime minister of Australia is. It's been in the news a lot, so maybe you know that Macron runs France or something like that. But most people throughout the world don't really know who the leaders of most other countries are. But you can go, I'll tell you that when I was in rural freaking Honduras in 1991, people knew who George Bush was in rural Honduras. I mean rural, rural freaking Honduras. When a president speaks, the whole world is listening. And the whole world is rebroadcasting it. Always. And you got this man saying if the temperature on our planet goes up one and a half degrees... That it is a more, it's a bigger threat to society, to mankind, to civilization, to our survival as a species than nuclear war. While they're saber rattling fucking nuclear war. Seven months ago, he said the same thing. It got nowhere near the coverage. Seven years ago, he, seven, seven months ago, he said the same thing. It got nowhere near the coverage. I didn't even know he did it until I was trying to find this video and I had to keep looking for it. Because they memory hold the ever-loving crap out of it. The world, while humans have walked it, has been warmer than 1.5 degrees higher than it is right now. And people didn't die in mass. Now, I'm also thinking this. No matter what you think about climate change, and we'll come back to that later because it's really fucked with people's heads. On purpose. Because like, remember, today's title is The Intentional Destruction of Modern Society. But people lived. People lived. I'm thinking when you start irradiating and creating mushroom clouds all over the planet, a lot more people are going to die than a temperature going up a degree and a half. A lot more. I'm also thinking you're going to get climate change. You're going to get climate change. I, I think nuclear war creates climate change. Global uh, nuclear winter. And, and I don't know if you've looked at the survival rate of human beings throughout the chain, natural fluctuations in climate, but humans have typically thrived on a warm earth and died in mass on a cold one, not to mention being irradiated and blown up and having buildings fall on top of them and shit like that. So this, again, you might be thinking, Jack, you're, be, you're saying you're not political, but this must be political. No, this isn't political. This is about you. And again, when I say you, I do not mean you the individual, I mean you as in the American people. This is real clear politics. This is the best indicator of how elections are going to go anywhere because they're, they are, I believe they are partisan, by the way. I believe they are definitely a right-leaning entity. But math is math. And what they do is they take all the polls and they amalgamate them because different, like Rasmussen definitely tends to lean toward the Democrats, in my opinion. Fox News tends to lead toward the Republicans in their polling. But when you take everybody's polling and you combine it together, and basically behind what you're looking at right now on the screen, if you are on the video, is an Excel spreadsheet that simply says total and divide by total. Like you get a bowling average. And they have historically been the most predictive indicator, the most accurate source of polling data out there. And right now, Trump polls one freaking percent over Biden. One percent. 
Now, this is where I, I want you to understand something. Well, Trump is Trump, and they hate Trump, and I, I get they hate Trump. There's an irrational, ridiculous hatred of Donald Trump in the world. I don't deny it. Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing. It existed before he even won the election. When they were all sure he would never win, when all the talking heads, including Fox News Talk, said, there's no way Donald Trump wins this. When Trump himself didn't think he would win, they already viscerally hated him. They were already shrieking the world would end, etc. So I, I get that. You take any Republican candidate and you leave Biden in there and you stick him in and your results will be very similar. They'll fluctuate one, two, three points. Right now, every single Republican candidate that you even would know their name. So basically Haley, Ramaswamy, um, DeSantis, and Trump all beat Biden by a point or two in a general on that polling site. But what does that mean? That means you have a guy that constantly tells ridiculous lies that demonstrate a lack of cognitive function. He looks like your elderly grandparent lost somewhere. We've all seen the Alzheimer shuffle. He says he's going to get into trouble and he's only following orders. He's, he, he's pushing us toward nuclear war. This is his administration. is. I don't think he's pushing us toward anything. And he's telling us that global warming is a bigger threat than nuclear fucking war. And if you're old enough to remember the 60s, 70s, or 80s, you know how ridiculous that sounds. Younger people that you grew up without doing duck and cover drills in your school and you've been made incredibly stupid by, by the government, I will give you a half a pass on this. But this is a poll of all of society. Half of America, no matter how you look at it, half of America will still vote for him against any Republican. That's what I'm saying. This is not political. This is a completely incompetent, deranged, lying individual who is clearly not capable of doing the job that is supposed to be what the president does. And half of the country will still support him because there's a D after his name. It's not just Trump hatred. Again, if you look, if you go through real clear, real clear politics, I said we get real clear, there you go. And you go through it line by line with all of the challengers. You'll find that it's very divided. And let me let me be fair to people that are blindly Democrats. There's a lot of blind Republicans, too. You could alternate this. Joe Biden could be the one with decent cognitive function, and Donald Trump could be shuffling around like this, and it would switch. It would still be almost 50-50. This is how perfectly divided we are. Again, this is not about Biden. This is about us as a society and where we are. Now, this was recently shown. I'm not going to bring it up in screenshot or anything. I want to be very clear. I'm not attacking this person personally here at all. I'm not going to use her name. The show I did yesterday, and I mentioned New Mexico politics and how they elected this idiot, Governor Karen. They reelected this idiot, Governor Karen. After she imposed the most strict lockdowns, basically, of any state out there, in 2022, Governor Karen got reelected. She passed this unconstitutional gun law. And so I, you know, I said, I don't know, you know, New Mexico is kind of a lost cause with this stuff. And this guy told me I'm ignorant of New Mexico politics. They really, New Mexico is very rural and very conservative, but... Some people vote Democrat because they always have, and their grandpa did. And some people vote Democrat because they live in the city. 
You just described every state in America, dude. That's how Texas works. There just happens to be enough red for now to outweigh the blue. And I figure at some point Texas will go. And once Texas goes, you'll never have another Republican president ever again, unless there's a complete change in society. If you look, I used to, and this is the thing, I'm not attacking a guy. But you're, you're delusional. And I was delusional, too, because I, I used to talk about Pennsylvania, because that's where I grew up, right? It's Philadelphia that votes this way. The rest of the state is very pro-gun. There's a million deer hunters in Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter. We're in a state of denial. That's part of why I'm doing today's show. You're not going to vote your way out of this. Let me explain part of what's going on here. The Democrat Party has moved so radically lunatic left. It has allowed the Republican Party, not the Republican voters, the Republican Party to do something they've wanted to do for 30 years, become 1990s Democrats. The Republican Party today has more in common with Michael Dukakis of the 80s, right, or Walter Mondale of the 80s or Bill Clinton of the 90s, than they do with, let's say, Ronald Reagan's, at least, rhetoric of the 80s. You tell me I'm wrong. Now, the Republicans have always been sleazy bastards. Say one thing, do another. Always. Always. And they sell out as quick as any liberal does to corporate money. And they always have. They always have. But if they slid as far left as they have now, In 1990, they would have been slaughtered for it, absolutely slaughtered. But when you take and you have elected officials at high offices, senators and shit like that, saying shit like men can have a baby, right, and and, and taking what is honest to God a single percentile, a fraction of a percentile of the population and making that group the most important group of society, promoting people because of their gender and their freaking sexual identity to extremely high levels of bureaucratic position only because of that, when they have no experience at all in the job that they are given, when you take a person who's mentally unstable and put her in charge, him, I, I refuse to do this, when you put him in a dress in charge and call him an admiral of nothing, by the way, of our health care in America, when you give a person who has sex with people in latex dressed like dogs and steals luggage from airports, the job of seeing to dealing with our nuclear waste when they know nothing about waste or nuclear, you've lost the plot. When you have teachers saying that they need to be able to talk to kindergartners about sexual identity, which when I was a kid, if you had talked, if you were like a kindergarten, first, second grade teacher, and you had pulled a kid aside, and said, don't tell your parents, and you talk to them about this shit, you would have got your ass kicked, and you might have ended up disappeared in a hole. And everybody would have been like, sorry, it happened. When you, And then you get this entire political apparatus embracing this. Again, you think this is political. It's not. It's about us. Then the right can slide massively to the left, and everybody's like, oh, see, they make sense. They make sense. Yeah, they don't make sense. That's part of the entire plan. All of these people in government are part of a power apparatus. And they're put into these positions. And they are promised things in return for their actions. This is all deal making. And what happens is 
these people become completely addicted to the power that they do have, even though their power is nothing compared to the banker class. It's shit compared, but it's still something. They're the head slave. They work directly for the slave masters. And this power is addictive. And all you have to do is look at some of these people holding on to power, just like Joe Biden, where they are clearly at the end of their life. And they would be so much better off just going off and doing something else with what they have left. Diane Feinstein. Right. This woman looks like the Crypt Keeper. If you remember that show, it was on HBO or Showtime or something like that. Right. The crypt, she looks like the Crypt Keeper. And I'm not attacking her. I'm saying this is the state she's in. Won't give up power. Mitch McConnell. Well, my friends of the Senate. And he just locks up like rebooting is going on in his head. Won't say, you know what? It's time for me to go do something else. No. And you, you'd say, well, why? Because they're addicted to power. And this is how that class of people, that class of parasites is controlled. You get them into power and then you make deals with them. And then after a certain amount of time, you say, we can make it all go away, dude. We can make it all go away. Toe the line. And then they come back with, you got to give us some cover fire. Don't worry, we got a plan. Within five years, you'll be able to slide to the left 20 feet, and everybody will think it makes perfect sense. They won't even, how? Don't worry about it. We got this covered. And next thing you know, you got a bunch of trans people and gay pride people marching with a rainbow banner with Raytheon, it, Raytheon on it that sells weapons to Saudi Arabia that throws gay people off of roofs and they're chanting, you know, and, and it, I mean, you, you, it's almost impossible to believe this dystopian hellscape that we're in, isn't it? But here it is. And now anybody who hasn't gone to the complete lunatic fringe seems like they make sense. Seems like they have some common sense. Seems like, hey, we'd be better off with them. And you don't think that's part of the plan. On top of that, the U.S. has created two migrant crises. Not one, two. The first one that we really created wasn't here. It's in Europe. I talked about this yesterday. Europe is having the same type of migrant crisis with a totally different culture, a totally different group of people, a totally different economic situation. Everything's different except the result. The result is millions of freaking people coming into Europe, sapping their resources and demanding to be treated as a protected class and the world going along with it, both countries. How did the United States create this crisis in Europe? We killed Gaddafi. <laughs> Gaddafi warned Europe for decades without Libya and our stance against this shit. You let this mass of people get to the Mediterranean Sea and they will take over Europe. And in the words of Hillary Clinton, we came, we saw, he died. And if you go look at when the avalanche of Central and North African immigration began into Europe, it was shortly after the death of Gaddafi. Then we came back to our own country after we meddled over there and we opened up the fucking border. We opened it wide open, and when freaking, um, no, it's not a replay, K-Bonk. We're just talking about some of the things we talked about yesterday. When, see, different shirt. <laughs> when, 
when Biden took over, it exploded. Don't think this is just pandering to the electorate. Now, the fact that the, half the electorate is okay with it and thinks it's a good thing until it comes to their backyard is a symptom of the problem we talked about earlier. Yeah, it really is. But this is intentional. If you want to destroy a society, suck its resources dry and get it to turn on itself. And then if you have a fire burning, you want it to really burn bright, throw some gas on it. That's what unchecked migration into a country is. It's gas on a fire that's already burning. Now, while all this is going on, we have this war in Ukraine. We have these morons still got their little Ukraine flag. They have no idea what they're supporting. And we keep hearing Ukraine is a democracy. Ukraine is a democracy. Ukraine is a democracy. Ukraine is not a democracy. Ukraine had a democracy. Sort of. Up until 2014. When Ukraine dared elected a, uh, elected a president who was friendly toward Russia. And the CIA initiated a coup in Ukraine and created the entire problem in eastern Ukraine in the Donbass region, empowering Zelensky into office and creating the majority of the problem we have today. And then the U.S. cozies up and starts saying we're going to bring Ukraine into NATO and Putin's going, this is a line that I will not allow to be crossed. And we just ignored him like he didn't matter. We created a fake treaty with him that we never honored and we never intended to honor. And they've all but admitted that now. It was only to bring up troop strength in Ukraine. And the plan was the Ukrainians were going to move into Dantosk and take the whole thing over because they had granted that region autonomy. Nobody tells you this on the TV. But they're a democracy. Now, if you are a political opponent of Zelensky, instead of running against you, they suspend elections and throw you in prison. This is not a democracy. This is not, that is not what a democracy does. The United States in the middle of World War fucking two held elections. We never suspended elections because of a war. By the way, this is not a war. This is a military operation. And what I mean by that isn't it's not a war for the people in it. Okay? What I mean by that is if it was a war, country on country, full force on force, Kiev would be leveled to the fucking ground right now. This is not pro-anybody. This is just factual. If you are in war with a country, you take out all of its infrastructure. You definitely destroy everything you can in its capital city. You completely annihilate things. The U.S. has created this illusion that war is surgical because we have largely fought forces that are so non-equal to us that we've been able to have the luxury of doing that and hiding the actual destruction I'm talking about that we did and getting away with it. So people have this expectation, this is what war looks like. If you're old enough, and I'm not, but if you're old enough to remember World War II, you know how much bullshit that is. You know what actual full-on war looks like. Well, now, the problem Ukraine is having is people are starting to go, wait a minute. They lied so blatantly to us, right? Putin's literally running out of bullets. I can't tell you how many times I heard that a year ago. Ukraine is going to, Russia has already lost, blah, 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 blah. Well, people are going to go, wait a minute, this is two years in now. By the way, it's actually 10 years in when we get to 2024. Because they left eight years of the war out that they didn't tell you about. It was a civil war 
within Ukraine. Now, people are starting to ask questions. Some journalists are absolutely starting to do a little bit of their job. Ukraine is saying the media needs to combat war fatigue by not saying anything bad about what's going on for Ukraine. Keep raw-rawing the situation. And now, they hired an American citizen who is a political hack for the Democrat Party. I'm not going to go into it today, but I have a link to her write-up on, on Wikipedia. You can read all about it. Right. A political hack from the 2020 election cycle. Transgender dude wearing a dress and putting your hair long does make you does not make you not a man. And they have put her because she's a war hero. Right. That's it. Again, I'm not calling her or her. They are right. He's a war hero in his dress. And if you re- I'm going to play this for you first. She's it's talking about. It's talking about journalists here when it says propagandists, etc. I want you to listen to this. Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty and complete liberation. Okay, so if if you don't understand what was just done there, is this this idiot, this person just basically threatened the lives of journalists. Pro-Russian propaganda just means anybody that's reporting any it's me. This is I'm not real scared of this just so you understand, but this is the Ukrainian this is I know when, if you saw that especially, not just heard it. It looks like some shit that belongs on SNL or something if SNL was more deviant than it is or something. But it's real. This is a real person. It really is in the Ukrainian military. This is its write-up on Wikipedia, specifically its military career. And if you read, I'm not going to read it. If you want to read it, you go read it yourself. There's a link in the audio notes that will go up soon after the live stream ends. But this reads, she's a country girl from the South. It's a dude. It's a dude. Looks like a lady. And this reads like this person is some kind of hero that was wounded in battle. And that's when she ended up with this this freaking job as a propagandist, basically, a media personality. It has multiple YouTube uh, channels. It doesn't get its videos taken down like I do when I cite facts for every single thing I claim. And I've been to YouTube jail a dozen times in the past two years. When everything I ever say, I always provide proof points to it. And when I get it wrong, I come back and I admit it. But this lunatic, they, they hold her up as an example to all of us. This is how we need to be too, right? A hero for Ukraine. You read this idiot's write-up on Wikipedia, and they talk about it saying 
that it's going to shoot down drones with an AK-47, and it's going to liberate... She, she, it, he, whatever the hell it is, claims that they're going to go to Crimea and liberate Crimea. Nobody believes that's going to happen. Not the entire Ukrainian army focused on Crimea is going to liberate Crimea, which voted 94% to be part of Russia, by the way. I'm just saying. Threatening journalists with murder. Now, the left, when the Saudis murdered a journalist a few years ago, and, and conveniently the orange man was in power, lost their shit about it, as they should have. And as soon as the orange man was gone, they got memory fog and forgot all about it. This person comes out and directly threatens journalists with murder. It's all okay. And when this came out a couple couple weeks ago, it like the Biden video, claiming that nuclear war was less a threat to society than 1.5 degrees of change in temperature. Temperature moves one and a half degrees, we're all dead. Nuclear war, that'll be okay. Disappeared. I had to. I saw this thing everywhere. I had to dig my ass off to find this lunatic today, and I found it on her own, its own, whatever the hell it is, Twitter. That's the only place you can find it now. This is not a democracy, folks. But half of people are like, yeah, sure it is. In fact, more than half are like, yeah, stay with Ukraine. No idea what's going on. None. And again, it's not about me picking a side. It's when two bad guys fight, the best thing you can do is get out of the way. That's my opinion. You have two evil-ass bastards fighting each other. Let them take it out on each other and get out of the way, and no nation benefits from a prolonged war. No, no, neither side benefits from a prolonged war. That's Sun Tzu. You want to dig him up and find his corpse somewhere and argue with him, you go ahead and you do it. Now, we're not just dealing with foreign policy issues. So domestically, while we're willing to do all this shit, our country's literally falling apart. Here's another one for you guys. Now, a lot of people are claiming it's racist. Walmart and Target and Whole Foods are racist. Now, that's not what this video is about to show you. But right now, Brandon Johnson from Chicago is talking about creating a government-owned grocery stores in Chicago. Multiple of them because they need more than one. What's happened, and they're acting like it was just a financial decision. They weren't making enough money, so the greedy bastards left. No, what's happened is there's been so much vandalism and theft in, in parts of Chicago, just like parts of Los Angeles, just like parts of San Francisco, just like parts of Seattle, just like parts of Portland, Oregon. Are you seeing a pattern here? That these stores are like, not only are we not making any money, our employees are being attacked. The police won't enforce the law. People are stealing shit from us left and right. We have to lock up everything. We have to have like people with keys walking around opening shit so like batteries and razors don't get stolen. We're done. We're just not doing this anymore. So they pulled out. So I think it's like two Target stores, a Whole Foods, a Walmart have all left this one part of Chicago. So the mayor's plan is to do what? Uh, we're just going to have a, a socialist plan and we're going to have government running grocery stores here listen to this city-owned grocery store to help promote food equity on chicago's south and west sides it's an idea mayor brandon johnson's office is currently exploring and that's despite a half a billion dollar city budget shortfall cbs 2's mugo adigwe is live outside city hall and mugo people shouldn't expect that grocery stores doors to open anytime soon 
Exactly. And that's because this is really just an idea right now, one that's already being done in some small cities, but there's currently no timeline on when it could happen here in Chicago. What is clear, though, is that there is certainly a need out there. Many neighborhoods on the south and west sides just don't have quality grocery stores. In fact, several buildings are still boarded up after private chains moved out. One example is this former Aldi at 76 in Ashland in Auburn Gresham. It closed more than a year ago, which brings us to Mayor Brandon Johnson's proposal. Under that plan, the city would use economic development grants and team up with an organization to open a city-owned grocery store in one of Chicago's food deserts. We are not spending any taxpayer dollars, right? Um, what we're also going to be able to access is the funding that exists at the national level, at the state level. And so it's not necessarily about profitability. It really is about what is the impact on Chicagoans. But again, there is currently no timeline on when or if this plan will actually happen. We know city council is meeting later this morning, but right now this plan is not on the agenda. But of course, we will keep you updated as we learn. This is insanity. Do you think that if these stores were able to stay open, be open, and function, that companies like Walmart would walk away from a functional store? And the answer is no. No. This is a crime problem and a lack of will to enforce the law problem. That's what this is. That's all that it is. Now, how are you going to run a grocery store run by the city, run by the government? Now, you know, now you're a city worker. You got to get like a super pension, way more pay than the average grocery store worker, et cetera. It's a net loss. Now, they said they're going to use grants. They're going to use grants. And so that means it's not taxpayer money. One of the articles I read, that was the case. But it's grants. It's not even tax. Where the fuck do you think grants come from? So they're basically saying the city of Chicago can get grants to do this with, which, you know, whatever they estimate the cost to be, it's going to cost a shitload more. And they're going to have to raid city taxes to pay some of it. But as though a grant is like a unicorn comes and farts a grant out after your guardian angel slides down a, a freaking rainbow colored pole and grants you a wish and your wish is a unicorn that farts shit to you. That's how these people talk. They have no idea what's going on. So the city's going to be able to run a store that Walmart couldn't. Sure. Okay. And they bring up that in some small towns this has been done. What's been done in these small towns? Because I looked into it. These are small towns that are so small, they have a hard time getting by. They take stolen money from grants, and they subsidize private companies so that they can stay in business. So that the place has a grocery store. And these are very small communities that this has been done in. And I'm not in love with that idea, but at least it makes some kind of sense. You don't think that there's enough business in any part of Chicago to support a Walmart? Are you kidding me? And it isn't amazing how all these leftists hate Walmart and smelly Walmart shoppers until it's not there anymore. And all of a sudden it's pretty important. And if you go on TikTok and search for videos about this, you will find video after video after video of Gen Z, young millennials, etc., telling you how racist this all is. This is all about racism. The people that manage the store from the community, the people that work in the store from the community, but it's all about racism.
All of a sudden, Walmart's raising. All of a sudden, Target, who basically said, yeah, go ahead and loot us during the BLM rights, is racist. Whole Foods, one of the most hipster run, you know, it's owned by Amazon, but still run by hipsters, is racist? No. There is a point where no matter what your ideology is, if you can't function as a business, you go, I'm going to, I have a thousand stores. I don't need these ones. You tell the police, hey, look, we're getting robbed every day. And they go, yeah. So we have our biggest cities crumbling in on themselves. They can't even keep, and they get food desert. Food desert? There's no such thing as a food desert in the United States. What there are are crime-ridden shitholes that nobody wants to live or work in. It's not a food desert. It's just another, that's just another made-up term. I'm going to tell you, I turned guests down years ago, before all this shit really ramped up, that they use that term in their guest application. I'm like, uh-uh, no, we're not, we're not talking about magical fantasy and lunatic land here, right? There's no food desert. You go to Dallas, and one of the one of Dallas food deserts, Dallas food, I, I live pretty close to Dallas. I used to live a lot closer a long time ago. You want food in Dallas, you can go buy food in Dallas. It's not a problem. I guarantee you it's easier to find a grocery store in da- downtown Dallas area than it is in a lot of these rural communities. Because there's more people there. And where there's a lot of people, businesses like to sell shit to them. So that's falling apart. That's completely falling apart. Hey, <laughs> I had I'm not going to even put it on the air, but I had to read that to make sure that you were not being serious, that you were you were being sarcastic there. Um, now, the average person talking about the mental rot and mental decay. I've seen so many videos of this. It's become a new thing to get viral views on videos. They go out and they talk to all these kids. When I say kids, I'm talking like college age, like 18 to 24. And they ask all of them, do you think a 12 year old? should be able to go get a tattoo. All of them say no. They even follow up. Well, what if their parents sign consent? No. No, 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 no. You get a tattoo that's permanent. You can't put it back. You could regret that later in life. They turn around and ask the same person. Should a 12-year-old be able to take puberty blockers or have gender reassignment surgery? Oh, yeah. If some of them are self-aware enough to even go, I know that sounds like a, a hypocritical thing to say because it's irreversible, but see, it's different. No, it's not. Actually, it is different. There is a thing called wrecking bomb. You can get rid of a tattoo. You can't put your penis back on. You can't. This is just is gen, genital mutilation. This is barbaric practice with our children. You're a grown adult and you want to transition if you believe that's possible. You go ahead. Basically, we do not, nobody transitions. This is nonsensical. There's, transsexual is the made up word in my opinion. All you have is men physically altering their appearance or women physically altering their appearance and living as the gender that they are not. That's all you have. No matter what anybody says to you, that's all you have. There's a meme running around right now. It makes a lot of sense, too. If you took 10 men and 90 women and stuck them on a deserted island, assuming there were enough resources for everybody to survive, and you came back 100 years later, you'd find a thriving civilization and culture. If you put 90 women and 10 trans women on an island and you came back in 100 years, 
you will find a hundred male skeletons. That's you know for for a, a, a group of people that love to invoke scientific fact. That's a scientific fact. There's no birthing persons in that particular group. But again, I'm not attacking the political left here. I'm attacking our society. People believe this. More than half the people in society today believe this bullshit. It's not okay for a 12-year-old to get a tattoo, but it's okay for a 12-year-old girl to have her breasts cut off. Now, even the people that are coming down on the retarded side of this, if you told them 15 years ago, assuming they're old enough that they were cognitively functional to make the, that this would be what people would think in 15 years, they would have told you you're a conspiracy theorist and you think the frogs are being turned gay. But now they're actually on that side of it. Again, this is not political. You're not going to vote your way out of this. This is how fucked up American society and Western culture as a whole have become. And the, the group that is the most delusional are affluent white liberals. They're the most delusional. And by the way, it's also the most racist demographic in America is rich white liberals. It's not new. It's just more obvious now. You know who said that long before Jack Spiracle was born? Malcolm fucking X. Go look that shit up if you doubt me. Now, the other thing that's going on here is we have a society that's also physically sick. Like I've said before, Dr. Ken Berry turned me on. I never even noticed it. There's literally dialysis clinics everywhere now. You drive around, there's as many dialysis clinics, not as, let's say, not as many as there are McDonald's, but there's probably about as many dialysis clinics as there are Subway restaurants. First time he told me that, I thought, this might, Doc, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. About a couple days later, I had to go into downtown Fort Worth, drove from my house to downtown Fort Worth. It's not that far. It's about 20, 25 minute drive. Three dialysis clinics. Three. Holy shit. So I decided, well, what is the leading cause of a need for dialysis in America in the 2020s? And I know you're saying, well, stupid. It's kidney failure. I, I, I got that. I got that, okay? Really, I'm not that fucking dumb. I know I'm a redneck duck farmer. I'm not that stupid. Why? What is the leading cause of kidney failure in America today? Type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes. Which, by the way, is a 100% preventable lifestyle illness. It's not a disease. Disease is something you catch. The flu is a disease. Okay? Type 2 diabetes is 100% related to lifestyle. I have had people make the case to me that there are exceptions to that. If it's 1%, I'll give you that. I don't even buy it anymore, though. I think what you have are misdiagnosed type 1 diabetics in that case. It doesn't happen. Doctors are smarter than you. Okay, John Dowie, who's a member of this community, been around forever. Not sure. I don't know if he's coming to TSP 23 or not this year. Ten years seeing a doctor. It's type two, man. You were too old when it started. That's not even adult onset. That's It's, it's type two. It's type two. It's type two. His doctor almost fucking killed him because he's a type one diabetic. Type 2 diabetes, if it's not 100% curable with diet, it's 99% curable. You wouldn't have all those dialysis clinics everywhere. The diet that the American Diabetes Association 
and the American Medical Association recommends to the American people today. When you couple it with our food supply that is rife with seed oils that they tell you are just fine, which are industrial lubricants, they are not human food. I am sorry. Soybean oil, canola oil, etc., are not human foods. They do not belong in the human body. If you go and you check this out, I'm going to tell you right now, you can find major brands of foods in the United States, bags of chips and shit like that. If you go to Europe and you see that brand and it happens to be on the shelf and you look at them side by side in the ingredients, there'll be 30 ingredients that aren't in the ones in Europe. Because those things are illegal to feed to people in fucking Europe. So when you take this high carbohydrate diet and then you stack on top of it all the chemicals and nutrient deficiencies and garbage and all this bullshit, this is responsible for the vast majority of chronic disease in the United States. Sick, stupid people are easy to control. How do you domesticate an animal? You feed it just enough that it gets fat and lazy. You confine it. You give it something to do, but overall you keep it bored. You give it random bullshit so it doesn't go feral on you. And you create a, you take an animal that started out as like this water buffalo or some shit that would stomp your guts in. And you create a cow that goes, and lets you milk it. Welcome to being taxed. That's what they've done to you. They've domesticated the human species and they've made us sick. And then we have an entire young generation of mental midgets that their entire thesis always comes down to this. The boomers took everything. The boomers ruined it. The boomers wrecked it. The boomers have all my money. The boomers are your parents and grandparents who you're going to inherit what's left of their wealth, which is nearly non-existent for most of them, because they dealt with the same shitty shit you're dealing with in your 20s when they were in their 20s. I listened to some moron today saying, but, you know, like he was talking about how he say, well, back in my day, I bought a house when I was 24. And, uh, well, back in your day, a house was $6. Kind of retarded. Not, and I know some of it is just theatrics and I want to be paid attention to. But the, the reason they get paid attention to is even if they don't believe it, the people watching them and cheering it on and harding the fuck out of it do. The boomers didn't take your shit because what do they have? What do they have? Most of the boomers today are living on Social Security, and if you cut off their Social Security, they would fucking die. It has always been the struggle of the working class against the elite. But see, you got to have, in, in a society running the way that we are right now, headlong into oblivion, to keep the focus off the motherfuckers that actually are doing this shit, you have to have complete division of society. You have to have a society where everybody hates everybody that's not in their group. And even if you and I are in the same group here, if we're in a different group there, now I hate you and you hate me. That's how you divide and conquer. Black and white doesn't divide you. Rich and poor will divide you. That doesn't divide you. Male and female won't divide you. We ran that out. Let's create an entire new concept. Fake women and fake men. And pansexuals and freaking non-binary and whatever, whatever. We, and some of it, I don't even think the elites come up with. They just like one lunatic starts ranting about it like, hey, 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 get the marketing guys in here. We can make this a thing. This will be great. We create a whole new level of lunacy and get everybody pissed at each other. 
Well, I know what we'll do. Teachers are fucking compliant sheep. We'll go tell them to push this agenda. Do you think they'll do it? Ah, eh, 10% of them will do it. That's all we need. Once you get 10% of them doing it, another 20% will go along and get along. Then we'll leverage it across the administrators, and the ones that hate it will do it anywhere, at least keep their mouth shut. You're going to tell me that that didn't happen? You're going to tell me that isn't what the last 10 years in our education system are? You're going to tell me that? I, then I'm not going to listen to you. I don't hate you. I'm just not going to listen to you because I don't listen to bullshit. I'm done. I'm sorry. I don't have time to waste while this is all going on. So the young people think that the boomers stole everything, and at the same time, the young people are terrified to have kids because they really mind-fucked our youngest generation with this climate change shit. Even if what they say is 100% true, and trust me, I've done enough research to know that it isn't. That doesn't mean that everything we do is okay for the environment. We are, we are locusts on the planet right now with the way we treat the environment. I'll be the first person to say that. I want a hell of a lot more prevention of pollution and damage to our environment than most people in government shrieking about climate change. Way more. I'm far more worried about the amount of mercury we're pumping into our oceans. They don't even talk, they don't even talk about that. There's mercury in the tuna. How the fuck did it get there? And why aren't we talking about it? Right? We all need electric cars. While Matumbo's nine-year-old kid digging cobalt out of the ground with his fingers in Africa, we claim this is environmentally sustainable. you got to be out of your mind. And then when they, they've done this so effectively, people don't want to have kids. You know what you call a society that doesn't value children? You call it dying. Remember Whitney Houston, Children of the Future? Teach them well and let them lead the way. But what we did is we fucked their mind so they can't lead the way. Why do you think it's so easy right now to keep convince so many children? You were born in the wrong body. You were born in the wrong body. The doctor looked at you, saw your little dong, and said it's a boy, but he was wrong. It was not his fault. He took his best guess. Go see another doctor and chop it off. And you can be a girl. Because when you destroy hope, when you destroy hope, you know what goes up? Everything bad. Mental illness, suicide, crime, murder, rape, robbery, deviancy. You destroy hope. You know, the 80s got blasted of this freaking, you know, fuck it generation. And what did they do that with? Nuclear holocaust. You're going to blow up everything anyway. You only live once. I mean, the 80s became a decade of decadence because of that. They just turbocharged it with this global warming shit. They created this ethereal thing that people can't even think of. And they needed it, by the way, because until we started fucking around in Europe and poking China in the ass, the whole idea of nuclear war became kind of untenable to people, and we thought that'll never happen. So now we, we've kind of run this new one out. We've got to resurrect that again. But a society where young people don't want kids. Let me be clear what I mean by that. When I was 21, 22 years old, I didn't really want to be a father. I think part of that was I grew up in a shitty family. And, and, and I really didn't have a great relationship with my dad. I had a terrible relationship with my mother. I had to get to be much older to even understand that as, as much as I tried as a father, I could have done a better job because I didn't have an example. But what I really didn't want when I was 21 or 22 years old, I wasn't like I don't ever want kids. I don't want kids now. 
I didn't want the responsibility at that age. I knew I wasn't ready, but I wasn't like, I don't want kids ever. You know, and a few years later, I'm stepping into role of as a stepfather, which if you, you shouldn't express, I'm going to tell you this. I, I don't like when people say you shouldn't have an opinion about this. If you've never that, I'm going to tell you, I think it is very difficult. I'm not going to say you shouldn't have one. It is very difficult for you to have an opinion that matters at all about what it's like to be a step-parent if you haven't done it. I'm not going to say you're not entitled to your opinion. I'm telling you your opinion is probably nonsense because you can't understand it. You don't know what it is to realize I'm not just marrying this person. I'm marrying, in a way, this child, and I will be responsible for them. And my generation still valued having kids. Most of the people that I went to high school with have two or three children. Their kids don't. Their kids don't. And when I say their kids, I'm talking about that whole generation. You want to destroy a society, stop its reproduction. Oh, and then remember the gas on the fire? You bring in a whole demographic of people who reproduce like bunnies. You don't think that's going to transform a society. Then you're just in denial of reality. If you can say it's xenophobia or whatever, you're in denial of scientific fact. You can't, you can't do all this and not rip a society's guts out. And by the way, Western culture as a whole is responsible for most of the advances in humanity. You can go all the way back to the Romans and the fucking Greeks for that. In the modern era, there is no more successful society than the United States of America. And that's why it has to be destroyed in the minds of these people. Because a free and independent people who can get along in spite of their differences are the greatest threat to tyranny that could possibly exist. We are... People like you and I, if you're still listening, if you didn't tune out yet, if I didn't offend your sensibilities, if you didn't get all butthurt and run away and cry like a little whiny ass bitch, and you're still here, you are a threat to them and they know it. And they can't defeat you, but they can create an army of idiots that make your ability to do what needs to be done impossible. When I was a kid, I'll admit to this, this is kind of a sick thing to do. Growing up in Florida, we had different kinds of ants. We had these really big red ants we called bull ants. I don't even know if that was the right name for that. Huge heads on it. They weren't really aggressive like fire ants, but if one bit you, it freaking hurt. It hurt. We had fire ants. Sometimes when we were bored, we'd get a big shovel full of the fire ants and dump them into the bull ants. And watch them fight. That's politics. Liberty says, Liberty Garden here says, why are the elites trying to destroy the West? How do they benefit? They're in a protected class. You don't think, I, I think maybe when you ask that question, you're not understanding who these elites are. You got to understand the people that get elected into office, all these low level bureaucrats, mid level bureaucrats, even a lot of the upper level bureaucrats. These people are useful idiots to the, they're not the elite. 
Democratic politicians are not the elite. The Bidens are not the elite. Most of the elite, you know a few of them, the Gateses of the world and all, they're frontmen. They're actually one, they're on the they're in the elite class, but they're at the bottom of the elite class. The true elite class, they go wherever they want, they do whatever they want. If a jurisdiction is no longer something that they want to live in, they they're anarchists. They don't call themselves that. But, you know, a tenant of anarchy is not no rules. It's that I choose to live in a place, and that place has the rules that I want to live under and the kind of people I want to associate with, and it's all based on private property. The elite create an artificial bubble of anarchy for themselves. They get on their yacht, they just sell to another country and anchor there. They benefit by a divisive society and being able to control us, and wherever there's a problem, there's an opportunity. Do you know what the plan right now for Ukraine is when it's all over? And it won't matter. It won't matter who wins. Because Russia doesn't want all of Ukraine, no matter what the TV keeps telling you. They're not trying to take the whole country over. They want that little sliver. Ukraine is being destroyed. Its infrastructure, et cetera, is being destroyed. And it really isn't. The peace that's being fought over is being wrecked. That will probably go to Russia. And if somehow something changes and the Ukrainians win this, Putin dies and has a heart attack and the guy that takes over has no taste for it and runs away, whatever. It will be the, they would then take that whole region and they'll claim it's the reason for what I'm about to tell you, but they will get shit on and ignored because they're not that valuable to them. BlackRock has a multi-hundred million dollar plan to rebuild Ukraine. That's the elites. They love war. You get to do a reconstruction then. They love war. You get to sell lots of weapons then. And you get to finance the weapons. That's where the real money is. The person that builds the weapons, they're going to make some money. The person that finances the building the weapons, make all the money. Power is a sickness. And these people have it. So what are we going to do about all this? Simple shit that I've been teaching for 15 years. Learn to cook, produce your own food. And I know most of you listening know how to do This is what we need to be teaching young people right now. My grandson knows how to make his own lunch. Most kids don't. There's so many kids, 18, 19, 20, 30 years old, 30 years old, can't cook beyond heating up a hot dog in a microwave or putting a box of some shit in there. That's a basic skill that we stop teaching our children how to do. Microwave generation. Hunt, fish, forage, learn how to do it. Not everybody lives where you can hunt. You can't hunt, learn to fish, learn to forage. There are resources around you. If you can get 10% of what you need from the resources around you, it's 10% you don't have to buy. And it starts to create a cascading effect when you do these things. Build a fucking business. You might think, man, as bad as things are, this is a terrible time to build a business. No, this is the best time ever to build a business. This is the most liberty you can ever create in your life as a business. There is nothing more liberating than building a business. There is nothing more freeing than owning a business in some ways. In other ways, you know, there are things about, a, you know, you got to do all the work, but you have a freedom to do it the way that you want to. Zone 6, Eric, it's not on my list, but you're right. Get out, get out, get out. Get out of these cities, especially the cities that I, you know, if your city 
if the city you live in or near is one of these cities where Walmart is closing its doors and leaving, you better get out. If Walmart leaves, you better leave. If Walmart leaves, you better leave. I'll just say that. And that's not pro-Walmart. That's just telling you how fucked up shit is when Walmart's like, yeah, we're out, we're done. We're not doing this anymore. Decay and rot. Taking over our biggest cities, and it's by design. Remember, when something decays, rots, and implodes, then you can make lots of money rebuilding it. It doesn't always have to be done with bombs. Sometimes it's better if it's not done with bombs. Let people destroy it. Jim Murdo says she's 50 miles from the nearest Walmart. I bet there's a reason for that, though. I bet it's not because they left. It's because you live that far out, and that's okay. Locate and network with the half of people in this country who are sane. We need to start turning people into allies as much as we can. If you find that you have some differences with somebody, don't let that destroy an alliance. If they're sane, if they're reasonable and rational, work with them. Work with them. I think a lot of things that some people believe are nonsense. I'll still work with them if they're sane and they're rational and they're basically for good things. Build those networks. Basic preparedness that I've been teaching again for 15 years needs to be a lifestyle. The survival podcast could honestly be called the lifestyle design podcast. I'd probably get a lot less listeners if I called it that. But there's a reason. Lifestyle design without preparedness is a failed design. I promise you, shit will not go the way that you had planned. Things will break. Things will break. NT Living on 13 says, I'm an optimist. He, because I think half the people are sane, I'd have to put it at 20% at most. Thanks for that comment. It gives me, it reminds me of something I wanted to work in today that happened last night. It'll show you that, yeah, most people are decent people. They really are. They're just confused. Last night, the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Cleveland Browns. This is a division rivalry, a big one. Okay, They're relatively close geographically. The Browns used to be a really terrible team. They're a pretty good team now. Pittsburgh's trying to rebuild, and it's always been a, a tough game. Going into Pittsburgh especially when you're in their division, is a hostile environment. It's a hostile environment. Last night, the running, the starting running back for Cleveland had an injury I wish on nobody. You know, on nobody, except maybe, I don't know, people like Bill Gates maybe, right? But like any normal human being, I don't, if you saw it, it was gruesome. He got hit in the leg and his, his knee bent, you know, the wrong way by about 60 degrees. He screamed. He had tears in his eyes. He was in horrible, horrible pain. And again, you go into Three Rivers Stadium, it is a hostile environment. You feel like the crowd hates you. They carried the guy off the field, and as they were carrying him off the field, Pittsburgh fans chanted his name. I'm not giving up on my country. Despite everything I said today, you can believe not in your government. You can believe in the ideals that made us the success we were. It's not gone. 
It's just it's hidden. It's covered. I don't think that means. And we're back. I thought they, I think they know. Messages of hope they fear, I think, more than messages of doom. It's funny, as soon as I started talking about hope, stream went down for a while. Anyway, hopefully I'll be able to wrap up. I'll go fast so that they can't do that to me again, hopefully. Develop as many hard and soft skills as you can. Seriously. Develop as many skills as you can because you're going to need them. And when we go through hard times, people that can fix problems, just like the elite create problems for opportunities, we can have the ability to see opportunities and problems. And I am an optimist. Be aware, but don't be afraid. Even though this is all scary shit. I didn't even go into the economics of this. We're, we have hundreds of trillions of dollars of unfunded liabilities. That's money we're going to have to pay for shit that the government's already spent the money on, already made the promise for that we know we will not have. If everything goes the way that they planned for it to go. It's, it's scary. But you don't have to be afraid. Because there's always a way if you're alert and aware and optimistic to do better than you would have otherwise. I mean, if they start World War III, who the hell knows how many bombs drop on our own country? That will be scary. But don't be scared of the possibility because it, it paralyzes you before there's a reason to be paralyzed. Act while you can. Build while you can. Build in the blood. Build during the destruction. The reality is society as a whole, this is how it's going to work, in my opinion. We, this is the fourth turning. Oblivion. In some ways through society. And then they'll rebuild. But you have a chance to get a head start in the race. While your competitors aren't even in the starting blocks, you can be halfway around the track. Act now. And realize like all the things I teach, from gardening to hydroponics to prepping to hunting to fishing, all of this stuff, you're not going to do everything and you don't have to do everything. But pick a core of things that add value to your life, your family life, your community's life, and go do that shit. Go make that shit happen. Because no one's going to do it for you. With that, I think we'll wrap up today. Hunter says, we the people, not we the government. So shirt says, we the people. That's what I'll finish on. I'm wearing this shirt today that John Willis sent me. I love this shirt. We the people on the front of it, SOE logo on the sleeve, and a bill of rights. Actually, it's, I think it's the preamble on the, on the back of the shirt. I don't remember which one this is now. There's different versions. And people would say, you're supposed to be an anarchist. You're supposed to be an anarchist, bro. What are you doing with the Constitution on you? It was the most anarcho document that was ever used to establish a government in the history of the world. I guarantee you that the King of England used the word anarchy when he got a hold of a copy of the freaking Declaration of Independence. It's not perfect by a long shot. Wolfie says, where can he get this shirt? SOE Tactical Gear. 
OriginalSOEGear.com. Just search for it. It's a pretty badass looking shirt, by the way. And Chief of Beef, thank you for the $100 Super Chat, bro. That's, that's huge, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But it's an anarcho-like deal. It wasn't perfect, again, by any means. It certainly didn't prevent the type of government that we had, either because it doesn't do it by design or because it wasn't capable. But it did give us a republic if we, in the words of one of our founders, had the courage to keep it. It does give us an alternative to all this shit. I said you're not going to vote your way out of this. I didn't say it couldn't be done. I said you're not going to. You're not going to. Somewhere along the lines, they took over and we lost it. But it's still there. And so have faith, whatever that means to you, and believe that there is a future worth having because if you didn't get this, the number one thing they've done to control us and to weaken us is take away hope. So I will always be an optimist. I will always be an optimist because it is the most insurrectionist ideal a person can have is optimism. People don't fight back against insurmountable odds unless they have hope. And if not for themselves, for their children. With that, let me wrap up. I want to remind you guys, if you like the show and the work that we do, you can always help us out doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. If you go there, no matter what you buy, you will help support the show and the work that we do. And uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about the item of the day today because it's still on a deal of the day from yesterday. The galvanized metal raised garden beds, four foot wide, eight feet long ship as panels made out of galvanized steel. Bowl them together, fill them up, plant your garden. You want to grow your own food? This is a great way to do it. At 125 bucks, you can't buy the lumber to build something like this. And this will last for decades. It's galvanized steel, you're filling with dirt. I've got... Galvanized steel ponds that are 10 years old and are perfectly functional, you're asking a lot less out of it when you use it as a garden bed. So uh, it's a great item. Again, you can always support us by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I hope it challenges some of your false hope, but I hope it also instills hope in the human spirit and what really can be done. The most important part is your own backyard. Guys, we have people that are talking about taking their country back. They don't even manage their household in any effective way. They don't manage their backyard in any effective way. They don't manage their life. We can't, we can't possibly take our country back until we take our own sphere of control, our own individual lives back. I'll catch you tomorrow with another episode. Are they going to bail you out? Just run you around They said you should have a house The American way A dollar down, a dollar a month